Hello and welcome. You've joined us on the Bible teaching program Search for Truth with your teacher Brian Johnston and me, John Martin. I'm so pleased you can join us and it's great to have your company, so thank you. This is Brian's fifth Bible talk in this series of six gospel programs and I hope you're enjoying them if you've been following week by week. Last week we looked at beginning to get to know God. And this week, Brian's title is Only Two Questions Are Needed. And if you're wondering what they are, let's go to Brian to find out. Yes, thanks, John. Life has, in fact, many questions, of course. For example, those of us in the United Kingdom might be asking, will the British pound fall still further? Will it rain today? But when all is said and done, only two questions need to be faced by each of us, faced and answered. United States chat show host Larry King was once asked who he would most like to interview from across all the centuries. Among the names he put forward was that of Jesus Christ. The interviewer couldn't resist it. Mr King, what question would you want to put to Jesus Christ? Larry King said, I would ask him if he really was virgin born, because the answer to that question defines history. He's right. He's absolutely right. For we're dealing here with an event that not only defines history, but one which proves the love of God to us. Needless to say, I want to submit that's the first of the two necessary questions. I would like to think Mr King would accept the answer. Pontius Pilate, you know, was quite a famous person in his day, and his name is immortalised in the Bible. He was someone who had the opportunity that Mr King relished. He did interview Jesus Christ, but he didn't quite seem able to muster up enough confidence in the answers he got, at least not over against a hostile crowd who were baying for Jesus' blood. As Jesus said then, only those on the side of truth can receive the answers he gives. What about you? Are you sceptical? Well, so was Joseph, made his husband-to-be. Is it credible to believe in a child being conceived and born without a human father being involved? You'd not be alone if your reaction was, come on, you don't really believe that, do you? We've mentioned Joseph. What was his take on it back then, in those simple times when people allegedly believed anything, no matter how unscientific it was? Well, here's how Matthew opens his Gospel. Chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfil what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin 
until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. When Joseph saw his fiancée was going to have a baby, he didn't stroke his beard in wonder. He started filing for divorce. Now, why on earth would a simpleton want to do that? Could it be because he already had a pretty good working knowledge of biology? Yeah, that was it. The laws of nature dictate that a girl doesn't ordinarily have a baby unless she's been sleeping with a man. Joseph knew that fact just as well as we do, and he knew that he wasn't that man. So he drew what he thought was the obvious conclusion. Do you get it? Joseph didn't buy the myth. His actions removed the argument for all this being irrational superstition. Good old Joseph. He was a cynic like the best of us. He acted just exactly as modern sceptics do, with the difference being he was a lot closer to the action than we are. And the point is, something changed his mind. In the end, Joseph didn't divorce Mary. Instead, he became a believer. Which helps me to see that faith doesn't have to be a denial of biology or any other science for that matter. Joseph did not have blind faith. He first of all agreed with the usual science of childbirth, but was persuaded by the evidence to the contrary. Our modern objections were already built into the original story, meaning Joseph's faith wasn't blind faith. His decision not to divorce Mary was as rational a decision as any that he, you or I have ever made. Without any doubt, this was the biggest decision of this man's life, and one he took the greatest of care about, when he'd every reason at first to come to the opposite conclusion. His final decision, not to divorce, was one for which he'd have needed and did clearly receive undeniable evidence that something or someone had wonderfully stepped into the picture. Joseph became a totally convinced believer in the identity of the child in the manger. Remember, he'd everything to lose if he was deluded. Until the day he died, he had to put up with the town gossip wherever he went, with all its smirking innuendo. Joseph's actions are a small but significant part of the reason why I'm not an atheist. But now it's time to consider what the other question is. Remember, we started out by saying that there really were only two questions that we each needed to answer as we journey through life. Just two out of all the millions that might occur to us to ask at some point. So what's the second then? I'm thinking of a painting I once heard about hanging in a pastor's office in Puerto Rico. It was directly in front of his desk and it was the picture of a little girl holding the hand of Jesus, even as Jesus tenderly gazed at her. She was clasping his hand as she asked him, What happened to your hands? What did happen? Well, here's the answer of one eyewitness, the disciple we know of as Peter, when recounting the story later in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel, he said, Listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know, this man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. 
But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. If the answer to our first question, remember the question was, Jesus, were you virgin born? If the answer to that question defines history, as Larry King put it, then the answer to this question, the question, whatever happened to your hands, Jesus, the answer to this defines our destiny. Are you sceptical once again? Instead of Joseph, this time let's call Thomas as our witness. Our witness to the authenticity of the death and resurrection of Jesus. John's Gospel, chapter 20, describes for us the early scenes of the disciples struggling to come to terms with what appears to be Christ's resurrection. We read that Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here with your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Thomas asked for evidence, and he got it. Another original sceptic was convinced. He was there and was convinced by the evidence. The whole recorded incident, in so many details, has the ring of truth about it. The frailty of the disciples' faith was being advertised for all the world to see. The role of women as the primary witnesses of the resurrection was not the stuff of make-up stories, due to the fact that the testimony of women at that time wasn't admissible in a court of law. It's got the ring of truth about it all in every detail. And the answer to these two questions, taken together, define Christianity, because they confront us respectively with the foundational truths of the Incarnation and the Atonement. That is, the claim of the Bible that God once became a human being, and it was for the reason that the immortal might become capable of dying, dying our death, that death being the price of our human rebellion against God's authority. We say again, life has many questions, but we only need answers to two, two of them, and they are, was Jesus virgin born, and whatever happened to his hands? The hands of one born to offer you eternal forgiveness were wounded for you on the darkest day of this planet's history. That's the claim of the world's best-selling book. You owe it to yourself to have second thoughts, to be like Joseph, or to be like Thomas. It's good to be cautious, but only so as to be sure of being correct. From him you came, help us
Thanks for your talk, Brian. Now, if after listening today you've got a question or a comment, please uh, get in touch. I'll give you the contact details shortly, and if you've a pen and paper to hand, you can uh, make a note. Uh, the talk you've heard today, uh, plus the other five talks in this series and some more, are all available in booklet form by asking for the title Really Good News for Today. And you can ask for them by email or by post using this address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You may be interested to know that you can listen again to many of these broadcasts uh, off air by audio podcast or MP3 versions. If you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com, you can browse the list of previous talks, which you'll see has been sorted into categories to help you find what you're looking for. Now, that's all we have for today. Many thanks once again for the enjoyment of your company. And please join us next week for the final gospel talk in this series, which Brian's called So Close, But Now So Far. Until then, it's very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So bye for now and may God richly bless you. Come see his hands and his feet His God's that's been a sacrifice Hands that flung stars into space To cruel old nails Yeah.